0: You're listening to The Chartographers.
1: the Chertographers. It's that music-loving podcast for music-loving people where people love imitating my opening vocal incantations, but don't worry. Guys, first off, I'm gonna stop.
0: Music-loving podcast for music-loving people.
1: <laughs> sure. that, oh, oh, that was terrible. Uh, more, more me.
2: <laughs>
1: Apologies <laughs> to Tim <laughs> Kane. So, uh, guys, first off, I'm going to stop you right there. The, you, you needed to listen to part one of the episode we just did. Because, guys, in this episode, we we're talking yeah, about get back. the Beatles. To where you once e- belonged. Exactly. That is a very accurate reference. Because we have listened and we are weighing through their albums all the way through uh, from worst to best. But the thing about it is that they, I don't know if you guys know this, they have a good solid amount of albums. They have a solid amount of albums. We're not going to do Prince's 33 album discography for the same reason, which is why a fourth-killing episode will be Prince in the 80s, because we're not going to rank the Rainbow Children. Sorry, guys. But more importantly, though, in the previous podcast, we actually ranked six of their 13 albums. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what they were because I when and listened to the first part, but we are in the second part here where it's me, Evan Soddy, the Linda McCartney to my Paul McCartney, Taryn O'Reilly, here in the studio right now. She was talented. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> we also have Chicago Now's Bill Maroff. We have Chirp Thank Radio's Bobby Evers. They Hello. are here in the studio and we are going to finish the job that we started, just the four of us. We're going to get right back to it and we're going to rank uh, the albums, the seven remaining albums I have. What are the remaining albums? albums? Glad you asked, Bill. They are Rubber Soul from 1965, Revolver from 1966, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band from 1967, the same year Magical Mystery Tour, Beatles White Album 1968, Abbey Road from 1969, and Let It Be from 1970. So, guys, we are at this turning point. We actually had a really good debate in Part 1, I want to point out. It was a really good democratic process. We got through a lot of stuff. Some babies died along the way, but that's okay. Died of dysentery. Uh, We're, more importantly, here at the turning point. Number 7 on our list. Now, we already had some, in Part 1, some hot takes for Latter-day albums thrown out there. So now I want to hear the rest. So we're going to start here. I have a feeling... Now, here's the thing. I really shut him down on the first episode on this, but I'm just going to ask a question anyway. Bobby, what would you put at number seven?
3: Number seven, Evan, I think I would do Magical Mystery Tour.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit more okay with it now, uh, yeah. because it's we've got some other stuff out of the way first, but I'm willing to hear contrarian opinions.
0: You know what? Honestly i i love magical mystery tour if listen. you had asked me three days ago i probably would have been my number one mm-hmm. that is wow. no longer the case and um, it was definitely a favorite of mine like i said i that was my like listened to it a hundred times as i was growing up album um but i think uh, um i would be perfectly fine especially given what we have left to either put magical mystery tour or let it be at number seven and then have the
1: have the other one go next. Bill, I'm looking right at
2: your face. Yeah. Um well I have having argued <laughs> for putting Let It Be lower uh-huh. lower down on the list than it's than it's going to end up, um, I would I would think that Let It Be would actually go pretty well in this spot, um right now. Okay,
1: so here's my crazy idea. I'm gonna throw uh-huh. out before uh-huh. we get on there, guys. Can we, for the sake of consensus for everything we talked about before, can we? Are we okay with maybe putting "Let It Be" at number seven and "Magical Mystery Tour" at number six on our completely arbitrary ranking of Beatles albums?
3: Um,
0: yeah, I think that would be okay. It would be yeah. okay with it that for the for sake it?
3: of consensus. We can do that.
0: Before we do, <laughs> before we lock it in, are there any other songs on these albums that you guys want to talk about? Not really.
3: <laughs> no. Well, don't don't let me down is my favorite song, ever, and for some reason it was cut from Let It Be. There, I they made decisions like that,
0: like I mentioned earlier, through their entire discography. If you, if all you have is their core albums and you don't have some sort of singles compilation, you really need to fix that. Because there's just so many incredible Beatles songs that aren't on... An and album at all. They were only released as singles. Yes. I mean, like, Hey Jude sold 400 million, or not, 400 million. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> everyone in the world had Every that single. single person. No, um, 4 million. It sold 4 million copies. But that's still, I mean, that's more than most albums, that's more than any album sell today at this point. So, like,
1: I... They were, they were the thriller of their day. <laughs>
0: basically. So, no, I think... Um, but yeah, we well, basically touched on "Let yeah. It Be."
1: Although there's one other thing we kind of didn't really touch on before, and actually we talked to Bobby about this uh, prior to the podcast as well uh, about "Let It Be" the film, because again they were filming you know themselves in the studio, couldn't do this you know back to basics kind of rock thing. I've forgotten how just how many movies they had. Right, a like, wow, including Sergeant Pepper's Only Hearts Club Band, starring the Bee Gees no. and Peter Frampton,
0: like. I, I don't know. I feel like almost they shouldn't have tried to be so multimedia. They
3: like, couldn't have known. Right.
1: Are, or when, when they set up Apple Records been better for it. and yeah.
3: the, the Apple Store. Yeah.
1: Jesus. Also, Sign note, want to know a fun fact. So, in A Magical Mystery Tour, the movie, at one point there's a banner guess, during a parade sequence that actually says Death Cab for Cutie.
3: Oh, yeah. And the mm. uh, the Bonzo band or whatever yeah. did that song. And, yeah.
1: Exactly, based off of that. And then also, um, but you said you actually saw Let It Be.
3: Yes. The movie. I saw, like, a bootlegged VHS copy. And they didn't do a great job of, like, miking the Beatles while they were speaking to each other. So, like, it would have done well to have, like, a commentary track where they're like, here's where we're arguing about whether or not George should play right now. And he walked out and then did this. But they don't do that. They just show them talking. And they're like, this is our biggest argument. And it's like, this is your biggest argument? This is the famous argument? Like... It's it's it's
1: not the not Galago Brothers level, but you know we'll take it. It's right, fine. like it's it's, cool.
3: it's not quite the most watchable, accessible documentary.
2: Okay. Um, yeah. Bill, final thoughts? No, I think I think having these two at at six and seven, I think it's pretty pretty solid. Good. Let's all let's all slap each other's hands right there. On that. Can I say yeah. a final thing about Magical right.
3: Mystery Tour? Sure. There's a lot of great songs that I treasure very deeply, but the aesthetic is a little corny, and that makes
1: it weak. You're wrong. It's fine. All right. So, I mean, yeah.
0: I, I will give you that the aesthetic is a little corny. It has some I, of the greatest it is, pop singles it has of all some time of, in right, one
1: place. Right. You can say that about a lot of their albums, but this one in particular.
0: I, I feel like "Flying," especially, it <laughs> takes it takes like what could be charming and turn, it, like pushes it past the point into corny. Mm-hmm. It makes the rest of it feel more. Kind of
1: like it. I understand what you're saying. For I sure. Know. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, in that case, guys, we're left with five fucking Beatles albums here: Rubber Soul, Revolver, Sgt. Pepper's, The White Album. And Abbey Road. <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was trying to do the uh, voice of the uh, random guy on the speakerphone, Ring Yellow summary Oh, okay. Uh, that. Anywho, so, that, I don't it wasn't. I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, no, that was. It was terrible. Okay. Hey, guess what? Bill Neroff is here. Hi, Bill. Hey, Bill. Hey, hey guys. Bill, you have a number five album. That's what I just heard. Do,
2: do I have a number five? Yes, yes, I do. But some blackbird
1: and... came down with a note in his mouth
2: saying no, me no, that you had no, this. No, no, blackbird. I. <laughs> Let's talk about the I Am Sam soundtrack.
1: No, we're gonna save oh, that for the uh, happy hour. Yeah,
2: <laughs> that um, reaction
1: though was genuine and wonderful.
2: <laughs> thank Bill, you, thank you. Thank this is you. a tough one. I'm not gonna this, lie. This you is, you do really, not have an really enviable really task
1: right now, nominating no,
2: something. No, um, but actually, in in my mind, it's it's fairly clear, um, and this is where I'm going to suggest Sergeant Pepper belongs. Okay. Um, okay. And as I as I Bobby said in in. In uh, the last episode, a bit without, without giving too much away, because you know I definitely yeah. want people to go and listen to it. But you know, I think I don't. I don't feel like it is a. It's a cohesive album. I don't think there are a whole lot of great songs in it. I think a day in the life is spectacular. I think the, the good songs are spectacular. A day in the life is spectacular. I think being for the benefit of Mr. Kite is spectacular. Um... What else is on there? I mean, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds is is definitely an iconic Mm -hmm. Beatles song. Um... And as is, even though I don't think it's a great song, When I'm 64 is another one of those iconic songs that's going last, to last through through the ages. And the only reason I've been thinking about it is because my father just turned 64. and yeah. I've been I'm not a, a fan of greater. Lovely Rita, personally. Fun fact,
0: yeah. When I'm 64 has been sung at multiple O'Reilly family gatherings. Mm-hmm. Like, my dad and his sisters just like start singing it, and then my grandma joins in, and they're all singing the Beatles just because they feel like it. And they like make it through the whole thing. It's really impressive. Um, That is. But that being said, um, I think "Good Morning, Good Morning" is kind of a weird, weird weirdish failed experiment. I'm also not a huge fan of Lovely Rita. Um, Mm -hmm. But with you know, besides those, I think that this is a really incredible album. I actually really love all of. George Harrison's Indian experiments. Yeah. So within you without you is like one that I've been going back to especially this week. Um, I would actually say I I would put Revolver at number five. Hmm. Oh, uh, you nope, nope, no, no. not happen. <laughs> no, <not> because...
1: <laughs> I I, it, I wanna hear your it, argument, it, but it, yeah.
0: It's the same it's the same thing to me. It's that the the great songs on it are really, really great. And the song, the rest of it is like, I could take it or leave it. Um, I actually knew the Chicago version of Got To Get You Into My Life. Hmm. I was totally unaware that it was a Beatles song. (laughs) And so, and they actually rewrote the chorus. They changed, Hmm. they, uh, they repeat, the title a couple more times with a different melody and then like rewrote the horn riff at the end of the chorus so it's very interesting i actually think now that i've listened to it a couple times i prefer the original um because it's it's definitely a very different feeling a very different vocal delivery um but it's still the same basic like four to the floor guitars and and horn section but then you know eleanor rigby obviously is an incredible
1: song um but then also you start having like i mean truly and I mean this uh, for no one. When do you get that? The, the, the craziest, most out-there sitar experiment? The textures they developed in there, even to this day in 2016 when we're recording this, sound modern and progressive and forward in a way that like few things have. Tomorrow never knows. What a fucking amazing psychedelic mm, Dr. ending. Dr. Robert, though. I here's the thing, like I will go ahead and say that Revolver does have some weak spots. I'm not opposed. to it. I don't even love Taxman all that much personally. Oh, I don't really like because the Man. lyrics are like, I get it, but it's stupid.
2: Uh, but then yeah. Taxman, by the way, I just I just learned this uh, this week. George Harrison didn't play the solo on Taxman. Who did? Was that Paul? Yeah. Paul. Oh, cool. Huh. Paul played that solo. I had no idea until literally two days ago. <laughs> and
1: you I, and you and you hosted Bill's Beatles Bonanza. Right, no, this so is so, that
2: was so weird to me when I when I found out. Right. I mean. Paul Paul's a talented enough musician, but right. he's he's not a George Harrison level guitar. But to
1: then say. you had uh She Said She Said, which is kind of a one of the more most interesting psychodrama songs that they've done in some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and your bird can sing. Like there's so many like amazing, trend setting, life changing yeah, songs yeah. on
0: yeah, this you, album. You you like barely touched on it a second ago, but I, I, I do I think we need to expand on tomorrow never knows. Yeah. I mean that okay. was that was truly an original moment in its in and of its own that's that's like one of that's one of their biggest songs where like this week I was going oh this is this is a genre
3: right this one yeah.
0: thing that they did here is now like a huge like spanning you know tens of bands, like, all fitting into this one sound that they didn't replicate again. But that being
1: said, I also want to point out that, like, the one thing I love about the Beatles is that, you know, because they're so iconic, because everyone knows them, there's this instant classicness that's kind of associated with them, and as such, like, something like Tomorrow Never Knows or For No One, they sound progressive and modern, even to this day. Mm -hmm. And then you get over into some of the synth parts of Abbey Road that sound way more dated than you would ever give them credit for, too. Like, there were some, there were a couple parts. That just kind of yeah, way a little bit.
0: That's when they they started using like real true Mellotron. electric piano. Yeah, and it almost to the point where I was like, wow, if this had like yeah. a computerized drum beat, this would sound almost like EDM. <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, some of the tracks on there because be it's I so agree. it's so staccato. Yeah, I forget which song that was, but. Um, I'm not we're not putting Abbey Road here yet. No, no, no. So, and I, 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 t- Move I totally away from understand. That. Uh, but we're also not putting Revolver here. All right,
3: right now. so can, do you okay, as a thing thrown in a bicycle wheel. Uh, <laughs> I think that everything that you said, Bill, about Sgt. Pepper is how I actually feel about the White Album. It doesn't have cohesion. It is the sound of four artists working in separate rooms, not collaborating, and the Beatles aren't as good when they aren't collaborating.
0: But it's 31 songs, which, which, like, on the one hand, the weak things, like, should... Are should, the w- worst things they've ever recorded. <laughs> like, some of the worst things they've ever recorded, but because it's 31 songs, the sheer breadth of, like, incredible, iconic songs on the White Album, like, have to push it up. Like, but I, no. I would say
1: that's why yeah. we
3: don't put it last. Yeah. But right. I would say it doesn't outrank, for example, Sgt. Pepper or Revolver.
1: Right. And the thing is, we're talking about the number five slot. We're talking about five amazing albums competing against each other. And I'm willing a little bit more to go with here. Because here's the thing. like, I feel like what The Beatles, The White Album did, I mean, it is a sprawling mess. But at the same time... It is brilliant in its sprawlingness to a degree because you got to—they never recorded a song even remotely like *Helter Skelter* before. They mm-hmm. never did anything out there. And metal, mm-hmm. as we know it, rock. As hard rock as a genre, yeah. can be stemmed back to a single fucking song, and it's right there on the white album. Then again, I have to suffer through a 63 seconds of *Wild Honey Pie*. I kind of have to decide whether or not I like *Obla di Obla da*. And it really depends on how sober I am. Um, Rocky Raccoon, da and da Buffalo, Bungalow done. Bill. Come on.
0: Obla, *Obla di Obla da* is. I mean, that's one of the like the songs where like George and John hated that <laughs> shit, and yeah. even Ringo, because uh, because Paul was so obsessed with getting it right. This is one of the songs that they did like the most takes of, Ooh. and so even Ringo was like, "I'm so sick of playing mm-hmm. obla oh, di oh, And they, uh, but but it to me it sounds like classic. Like this is what Loggins and Messina were doing like
3: the next year. <laughs> like it's it should have gone on. Let it be maybe huh just as like a little schlocky a little i don't know
0: it's true it is probably the most like huge grin on your face bopping side to side kind of song on here everything else is has a little bit either like a harder rock to it or is
1: like full beautiful balladry or piggies Um, but here but here's another thing i want to point i want to bring out here despite a lot of those mccartney pop moments and despite even helter skelter too this white album is Lennon's album more than anything else because the darkness that he explored here when you think about Julia when you think about yeah. some of the more like introspective, like biographical songs he explores on here, like mm-hmm. well, everyone else is kind of doing their own thing. Even happiness is a warm gun. Like there is just this level of like you talk about how Bill. i you know, I'm not sh- I will spoil this for the first part. Bill was really uh, on about how Beatles for Sale was the part when uh, uh, John Lennon discovered his darkness, and before he went on his solo career, I would argue that the darkness he has on the White album is some of the bleakest stuff he ever did. Yeah, he yeah. so yeah. get yeah. to know he
3: me? Want to die? Yeah, like he
0: literally yeah. says that.
1: Yeah, like it. And so as such, I have a feeling that. It's almost like the star turn of the album that he has on that one here. And you like, can but
0: also hear his his cynicism is really yeah. pronounced at this point. I mean when Glass Onion isn't just self-referencing. It's like it's it's openly mocking the fans who try to look yeah. for hidden meaning in yeah, his weird right. acid trip lyrics. He's like, no, it's just it's, it's just songs. imagery. Yeah. It doesn't. You're, I'm not talking about Satan. Like the fuck are you talking about? And so you really. I. You're right. Especially in in stark contrast to Paul's like More almost joyous, vapid boppy optimism. Yeah. But, birthday. Like. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you know what? You know what? Though? It's a good. It's a good song On my fun. birthday,
3: I am so fucking happy. To oh put yeah. On yeah oh, birthday. I, I agree. I no, like, it's
0: it's it is the best birthday yeah, song. It is. It and it so in that is.
1: case, it's,
3: I guess I feel like. They are on polar opposites, and when they come together, they are right better. Right now,
1: over me. Yeah. yeah. So, like, you know what?
3: when they, you know, blue in the dark and the light, it should be the Grey album.
1: <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that in a half, hour. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, given what we're up against, and there's going to be some hot takes, and something's going to have to fall by the wayside, I'm actually willing to join Bobby on the White Album there. But that being said, me, two votes is not the full thing on here. I want to see... I don't I, I'm
0: I'm not ready to to move on from it yet. I mean, I think cuz like for example, while my guitar gently weeps.
1: That's a great like, song.
0: One of the best guitar songs
1: ever. Not one, uh, not yeah, not a great song. That is like has set up and defined. Let's not forget the 2004 Rock and Roll Induction Ceremony when they did a cover of that, and it was like George Harrison and Jeff Lynne and all these other people on stage, and then that's when Prince broke out one of the greatest guitar solos. It, it wasn't
2: George Harrison; he was dead by oh, then. Oh, I'm sorry, no, uh, <laughs> Donny Harrison. Damn. Uh, yes. And yes, uh, and right.
1: then also like all and Tom Petty, and all these other people mm-hmm. on stage, and then that's also you know Prince gave the greatest signature, and Eric Clapton was on stage too. It's like. Like, I did the solo right. of this, but fuck it, you Eric, do it. Yeah. Eric
0: Clapton played this like the solos between vocal phrases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Prince was like, I'm gonna play the fucking solo and do like a death drop. Like Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I
1: love that one so much. Um, Anywho, but yeah, I mean yeah, there are astonishing songs, but I would also point out that there are astonishing songs on every single one of these, even Sergeant Peppers. Right. Yeah, but I,
0: I feel like, you know, especially even when you look at like the the simple the simple perfection of I Will, which I think is a great song, and then on the other side of that, the simple perfection of Blackbird. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, like, the vocals on Why Don't We Do It In The Road actually, like, turned me on the other day. Like, I think that this album is just, like, so... it, It does... It is everything... It is everything the Beatles ever tried to do is sort of what it feels like. Like, it has a blues song on there. It has... Piggy's a kid's song it has acoustic numbers it has full on rock it has um, you know really like the the tropical sort of vibe of Obladi Oblada and I also think that Dear Prudence is one of their best songs that they ever did Dear Prudence is good the the bass groove on that
1: and the like um, it's, it's weird, but also, I mean, it's good. But, it's but the
3: context weird. of it is also yeah. But good. long
1: and also long, long, long. That is such a it's such yeah. a weird like I, I, I like, It's a song I don't think I should like, but I wind up doing so. Just I like to, the way the instrumental.
3: I always liked to pair long, long, long with Cry Baby Cry in high school. I would play them back to back over Ooh. and over again. Like this nice. is so good. But so I feel like everything you're saying is right, but they do that at the expense of clear creative direction. So like, it's just a mess. Yeah, and so like, I it's a playlist like, of an
1: album. I,
0: it's yeah, not so much but, an album. I, I, oh, I mean, okay, but it still has, like, the... There are still enough Incredibles... There are more Incredible songs on here than there are songs on Sgt. Pepper, for mm-hmm. me. So that's why I I would
1: put either Sgt. Pepper but or Revolver here. But you can't discount White, S- White Bungal- Bungalow Bill or some of the way lesser moments that kind of come out Bill
0: isn't here. Bungalow Bill is... An, is I I can't count it against it or towards it again. <laughs> Bungalow Bill is just like fine.
1: Yeah, like
0: it does. It's not like a bad song. Rocky raccoon. I
1: actually <laughs> really
0: I really <laughs> like Rocky raccoon. I really oh like Rocky yeah. Rocky raccoon. I think that the the verses are really it's weird and it's interesting and it's it fits into the sort of like you know, almost tone poems that they were doing, but it feels very, like, of an era.
1: So, what would you nominate at number five?
0: I told you, Revolver. Either I feel like Revolver
3: is, like, actually revolutionary.
0: I... See, I feel like Rubber Soul is revolutionary and revolver is like the follow-up to it no Mm -hmm. i see i feel
1: like i feel like rubber i I agree with you on that by the way yeah um Um,
0: so i would either put revolver or sergeant peppers
2: here i think um i would probably i i I mean i suggested sergeant pepper yeah i think i think sergeant pepper goes there and i think white um white album would have to go would have to go right above that um so i think if if we put sergeant pepper (laughs) five then white album has to be four Making it real difficult to name the top three. I'm fully
1: aware of that, but at the but same that's time, okay. I'm strapping in. I'm strapping in, Bobby. I th- we might have something here, but we again we were all giving up something to make Come this on. happen.
3: I would I would rather do it the inverse. I would rather do White Album and then Sgt. Pepper.
1: I don't think I can do that. Yeah, I, I think, think we're just gonna I have to it. outvote you. Go yeah, we're gonna yeah. do it, guys. Let's do it, guys. We did
3: it. Oh my God. I'd like my name oh. removed from the
2: credit. <laughs> oh you said that last God. time.
1: Shut up. No, no, no. Yeah, there we go. All right, <laughs> here cool. we go. All right, so here
0: Wrong. we go, guys. Wrong. We are not doing every road yet. All right. Cool. Okay.
2: So okay. there we okay. go, guys. Let's
1: just re- briefly recount. Number seven, <laughs> "Let It Be." Number six. Magical Mystery Tour. Number five, Sgt. Pepper's Only Hearts Club. Band, number four, The Beatles, a.k.a. The White Album. There are no prisoners left. This Holy is dumb. I feel
3: like it's pretty easy at this point, personally. For, yeah,
1: for, for, me, for me. For me. Yeah. Everyone's... You all say that! <laughs> well, Watch as it's all completely different. But here's the
2: thing. We may all have different ideas, yep. but I think we all, in our minds, have our top three. Right. And... The, This is where it's going to get fun.
3: I mean, like, my top three is not on here because it's been moved down, so now I'm forced to choose between these three, and I have a pretty clear idea of what I want.
1: Okay. So, let me just, before anything else, Bobby, what's your feelings on Abbey Road?
3: My feelings on Abbey Road? Yeah. It's not number three, I tell you that much, (laughs) by goddamn.
1: (laughs) This is the most I've ever heard you swear in one (laughs) thing. You fucking goddamn mother, no, I can't, Um, I... I agree. Do you want to
0: elaborate, or do you want me to?
1: Uh, I would like Bobby to elaborate. I will elaborate. I want you. She's so heavy, and I'm sorry. I'm just gonna say this right now. That's seven minutes. That's a little bit too long. Mm, just saying no, no. no. no Bob, Bill's agreeing with me, mm-hmm. so I got some. I got some. I think.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that they could have afforded to try more lengthy experiments like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I, 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 I made a point of finding like all of their B sides this week. Uh-huh. Um, it's like. The, as, as far as what I could find it's like 260 songs Jesus. 199 of them are 3 minutes or shorter like yeah, they can afford I mean this was they, they really you're
3: the fucking Beatles they, were,
0: they had their pop sense paired so far down that they were, there was no extraneous experimentation ever and I think I Want You has enough really cool different sections and it it's so it's changes tonally yep. so much and swings between such distinct powerful anthemic rock music guitar rock that yeah. you that yeah. no it's every second it's, of it i wouldn't shorten it at all i feel like i feel, like, that I feel really. like the
3: the first yeah. 5 albums of the beatles are oldies uh-huh. and abbey road is classic rock that's what i would say interesting hmm. uh mm-hmm. also Okay, so I feel like anyone listening to this who is already a huge Beatles fan and has already watched the anthology is already going to know this information. But, like, so they did let it be, and it almost killed them because it was awful. The sessions were grueling. They didn't like the material, and they didn't like how it turned out. They wanted to, like, disavow it. So Abbey Road is what they did when they all came back together, and they asked George Martin to produce it, and he's like... I will do it if you let me do it the way we've always done it. And they're like, yes, you, you, we have your careful attention. And they made a perfect album. And the B, the side two, is this amazing suite that they never did before or since, the, of just, like, all the songs running into each other, and it's just this perfect thing that it, I don't know. It's just, it's, I, I, yeah. I think, and it's especially interesting because they have
0: disavowed the medley a little bit. They disavowed um, the medley in 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 like years following. They uh, well, John Lennon disavowed a lot. Yeah, so he also said a lot of yeah. Um, but he he was like, oh, it's just stupid little short songs, little unfinished bits. But it's also like some of these unfinished quote unquote unfinished bits are longer than songs on Please Please Me. Like, yeah, I think that she came in through the bathroom window. Mm-hmm. To me, sounds like every every rock opera that's ever happened since, like the, the, these long forms, these little like slice of life snippets that they had in this, in this second half medley, like really, um, you ev- I mean, Sergeant Peppers did this too, but then I think this sort of, um, knocked it in the sort of idea that you could, um, make an entire suite of music with, with rock you, you know yeah. classical was what did that you didn't do that with pop rock mm-hmm. and so that's that really opened the doors for a lot more
1: experimentation long form experimentation and that's great but I think that the idea that Abbey Road is a perfect album I think there's oh I don't think it's a perfect album okay because I mean, honestly, when you think about carry that weight, when you think about you never give me your money, you like these are, yeah. The, see, camera again, camera it camera falls in that same fucking all together now, fucking yellow. Like it's just that whole chant along, sing along thing. It feels like a boring rehash of it, of what they've done before. And disagree. I also, and listen, I also don't want to be that guy. But fucking Octopus's Garden, you know. Fuck uh, that yeah.
3: song. It is Yellow Submarine Part Two.
1: <laughs> it is dead to me. But, but guys,
0: wow. But guys. It was so great when they did it on the Muppets.
1: <laughs> well, never mind, guys. What, Number was, one, no. Abby R- <laughs>
0: legitimately though, that was one of my first exposures to the Beatles at all. Was all of them, or was it just Ringo? Um, I think it was just Ringo, or maybe even Kermit sang it. I don't remember. <laughs> um, but they did that song on uh, the Muppet Show, and you know, I remember watching. That's like one of my earliest memories, and so I again you know everyone gives shit to octopus's garden and piggies and yellow submarine and i'm like i think these are really important because they expose the youngest possible brains to the beatles like it was really there were literally there's well, like the, it was there like the is Teletubbies of the pop music, really yeah and it and it's a perfectly fine song should they have followed it with i want you she's so heavy <laughs> absolutely not what a fucking terrible transition but I don't think that, I mean, it's it's certainly not a detriment to the album. I yeah. think it's delightful. But,
1: and, and here's the other thing, and I want to be really critical about this right now. And I joked about it earlier, but Bang Bang Maxwell, Silver Hammer, not actually a great song. No. Like, it's, I mean, it's I mean it's kind of creepy, a little bit on the back end, which is fine. They've done it creepy before. They've done it creepy plenty of times. But it's just like, okay, I mean, I, the thing I loved about this album is that they went, they were concisely weird. They were like mm-hmm. out there, especially lyrically, on a lyrical front. They were in a different creative realm than they were before, but they really restra- unlike the white album, they really restrained themselves in interesting ways. They kind of pulled it in, in a lot closer, accessible. Vibes.
0: But I also think that this album has a couple of their most, like, stunningly beautiful moments. Um, well,
1: Here Comes the Sun, I would argue, is George Harrison's
3: well, greatest contribution. That is it. what you would say is his greatest <laughs> contribution? <laughs> yeah. Not something? I was Yes! Oh my god, kidding me? Are you kidding,
0: me? No, it's, it's Are you kidding it's me? Absolutely something. No. It has to be
3: something. No. Oh, something no. is the song that George Martin said that. Was now equal to Paul and John, and had not been until this song.
1: Well, I mean that I do agree with. It's still not his greatest fucking contribution. Come on. I mean, no, but I, Bill, all right. I was, was
0: going to say that actually, it's something, and because yeah. are like two of the most beautiful things they have ever put to take. I can get because the I can listen to because any moment of any day, I absolutely love that song. I think it's gorgeous.
2: Bill. So you talk about George Harrison's contribution, contribution to this and you had mentioned you know, his weakest or strongest contribution. Are you talking about to the album or in general? You know, to the Beatles canon? A, a, a bit of both.
0: I think that While My Guitar Gently Weeps is his best song ever, but uh, oh. something is close.
1: But here's okay. the other thing I want to point out. I feel like we can nitpick, because, you know, a little spoiler yeah. alert for how we produce this podcast. We have the track list in front of us right now so we don't sound like complete garbage humans that don't know what we're talking about. the songs. But the thing is that I feel like Abbey Road, you can pick up our individual elements, and I gladly will, because there's some shit on here, I'm telling you. But the thing is, is that it really it feels more like an album it's experience. So cohesive. Right, exactly. And I feel like you can almost, you can pick apart Rubber Soul a little bit earlier because you're like, here's a good song by John, here's a good song by Paul, here's a bad song. Like, you could do that a little bit more than you could do with Abbey Road, which does feel like it was considered as an album experience. Because Sergeant, the thing that we've noted about all of this, we talk about these things, Sgt. Pepper's the heart club band did a really amazing thing because that truly was... An album. Because, it's the
0: first concept album.
1: Yeah, because previously albums were collections of songs, and sometimes there was some cohesion to them. Frank Sinatra was trying a lot of different experiments, especially at the time as well, of doing like songs that kind of were in a certain vein, like almost telling a story of like a young couple in love or whatever. But the Beatles actually, in a rock context, did it. Sgt. Peppers was the first album, 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 album. So, as <laughs> such, like, you know, when you it's not as much a series of songs, it should be experienced as a whole. That being said, there still are weaker moments. But Abbey Road, it's that same thing. It is better as an album. We will nitpick over these things, and I will gladly nitpick over fucking Carry That Way. But at the same time, it is a stronger album than it is a collection of songs. That being said, Bill,
2: um, so <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I think I think Abbey Road should be here at number three, and my reasoning for it. I'm so glad I invited Bill, guys. No, no, no. I, I warned you when you did. I warned you when you did that that I was going to throw a wrench into things. Yeah. So, if I would be willing to rank Abbey Road higher if it did not have Golden Slumbers and carry that weight.
0: I don't know. I don't understand what's wrong with I, carry that weight. Yeah, if, you're those fine, are, those are, yeah. if you're fine with Hey Jude... Well, I'm like, hey, not J- fine hey, with Hey, hey Jude. Jude. Now,
1: Hey Jude is kind of a good of that.
0: Carry that you weight. Hate I hate
1: Hey Jude. You yes. Yes. Yes.
3: yes. But he loves Beatles for sale. I hate Hey Jude.
1: Well, that's why we have differing opinions. There are Beatles fans out there that agree with Bill, <laughs> uh-huh. and I'm telling you that right now. We are not just a contrarian group of people declaring <laughs> taste as it should be, even though we are. But that being said, well, I want to put this out here because Revolve we've been talking her. about it. No. Bobby, what would you put in number
3: three? I Well, I mean, of these three... I think I might put... Fuck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> fuck, uh... fuck was actually a later John Lennon single. He did it with Yoko. It was them screaming while trying to imitate sex noises for a while. So Not that great.
3: for me, Rubber Soul and Revolver are like twin albums. I would agree with that. So it's really hard. Like, I would almost rather put them as a tie on something. Right, than and, make myself choose. Like I would because say, maybe I feel like
1: Rubber Soul is like a better in terms of songwriting. Individual songs are better. Yeah, I would say Revolver texturally went so far beyond anything they did, and also, I would technically argue maybe even better.
3: I would almost put Rubber Soul in with those early albums. Where like it sounds mm-hmm. like the early al- songs, but it's a little mm-hmm. bit better. So, like, I could see putting that at number three.
1: I would... If you did that, I would actually probably might align myself oh, with no, there, but we're no. getting some push completely opposite. Yeah, I know. would... I...
0: So, just... I mean, I'm just gonna say it right now. For what we have left, my number one is Rubber Soul, then Abbey Road, then Revolver. And let me tell you why. Okay. Because Rubber Soul... I mean, sure. I guess you can say it's it's kind of like those earlier albums. It's before they started experimenting so much texturally. But, but it really is. It is the best, co- like collection of collection songs of songs individually that they, they ever put together. The yes. I mean the like I, I that's why I like Magical Mystery Tour so much. Is that sure it may not have that cohesion, but it it's the list of songs on there is just incredible. I'm looking through you, and that's. And that's what we have on Rubber Soul, except it is very cohesive. Yeah. They are still getting along at this point, right. so you can really still hear the collaboration happening. I think that, I mean, their first, their first foray into sitar land with Norwegian Wood. I mean, I, I didn't know that's what that song is called, but that like brought back such a huge flood of memories. Mm-hmm. Like that is just, that's so, that's such a distinct moment in music history. That single song on its on its own. But then you also have Nowhere Man, which like my
1: George Bush eight-year-old step,
0: <laughs> my eight-year-old step nephew like was just singing while wandering around one day, and completely changed the meaning of it for me. But also, it's an incredible song. I think it's it's where they you really hear the collaboration between John and Paul, um, and and bringing and bringing yeah. the best out of each other, and challenging each other to take the songwriting and the song craft to that next level. You have Michelle and Girl, some of the best love songs they've ever written. In My Life is like... I mean, in the- my life,
1: the, at a certain time of the day, you can argue with me that that's the best Beatles songs, and there are certain times of the day where I might agree with that statement. Yeah. Like, as a song that is what it is like it's just and honestly when i heard uh on the american albums that uh, rick rubin produced for johnny cash when johnny cash did a cover of that but his voice Fuck. is so old and haggard and it sounds Shit. like he's at the end of his life and he's looking back mm-hmm. like it is just like deeply yeah. hit you in the chest impactful
0: but then you know also it does have run for your life on it mm-hmm.
1: yeah and listen i will i will tell you right now that if you look at stronger songs versus weaker songs uh rubber soul beats out revolver and that's not an argument you Th- know. exactly right but that being said, Revolver pushed so hard against the bounds of what songs could be and so many of those songs. Like, honestly, Eleanor Rigby was such a shock to the it's, system. Right, it's it's hugely unlike anything that came before it. And it was like, and, and almost gave them permission.
0: Of, even kind of unlike anything they did after it. I mean, it certainly set the the tone. That was a McCartney, right? Yes. One, yes. I mean, clearly, clearly. Yes. Um, <laughs> But it it sort of McKenzie. it it gave him the uh, the permission to do some of the things he did later, but he never came back to that ex like explicit that character same story feeling. Yeah that that he did on
1: there. And he tried like other stuff with his, his string sections before and it was so good, but then oh my god, there's just so many other just fantastic I mean and here's the thing, Yellow Submarine in this context I actually like it a little bit better because it feels like a break in the action more than anything else. And it's not a song that again, I don't love these whole fucking big chantalon sing along songs, but it still works. And again, tomorrow never knows. And again for no one. And just there's so many Again, I'm more than willing to forgive. Much as how you at the White Album are willing to forgive some of the lesser moments, I'm willing to forgive Good Day Sunshine because of what else we have. Because we have here, there, and somewhere in, uh, together in one place. Good like, Day it's Sunshine just... is a great song. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Bobby, you've just been saying everything's a great song. <laughs> no. Nope. No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> no, Not everything. Right. But, wh- Bobby, what are your feelings on Revolver and Rubber Soul while we're at it?
3: So, I would personally put Abbey Road at number one, but for the sake of consensus oh or uh, compromise, I would almost be willing to back Taron in his order of Rubber Soul, Abbey Road, and then Revolver. Because then, cause that narrative says, I don't know, that says like the introduction of experimentation is the best thing that they did, and then...
0: It's, right, it's like the distillation of everything. Like I kind of said this earlier, but I think it's even more true about Rubber Soul. It's the distillation of everything that the Beatles are. Yeah, it's, it's like the first the hit best of, of a joint. Mm-hmm. It's like being introduced exactly. to the joint by well, Bob Dylan. Well, it's also right when they first started smoking pot. Right. So they weren't they weren't like doing LSD. Right. Doing 100% weird mental side note. Hundred percent side
1: note. And This has nothing to do with anything. But there's this amazing book that I reviewed a while ago, and I can't remember the name of it. It talked about record industry people throughout the years. Uh, and it was this fascinating thing, and it had these stories about, like, people that were managers and, like, ran record labels, like the guy who ran Atlantic Records, uh, and, uh, like, all the just these stories that came out of it. And they talked about, during it, they talked about how legitimately when Columbia had Bob Dylan, and he was just such an unknown property, and they just, like, weren't sure how to deal with him, because he was a rock star individually in a way that Elvis and Little Rich and other people weren't at the time, too. He was kind of beyond that. He was affecting whole different contingents of people that normally wouldn't buy records. And they talked about how the record label staff was so fucking weirded out when he was like, I want to meet these... You know, let me meet these Beatles people or whatever. And so they, he (laughs) was up to a hotel room and the Beatles, this is during their, I want to say pre rubber Soul days. They were still young, you know, kind of foppish, whatever. And they met him and they were at the hotel room. And this is the time when Bob Dylan, he actually did bring along in his jacket pocket a bag of weed. And everyone's like, they're like, they're like kind of excited and a little bit nervous there. But like, and all the record execs were like freaking out. They're this like upper level, multi floor, you know, office in New York. So they just get a whole bunch of towels and just put them underneath all the doors. They aren't sure what's going to happen or whatever. They're worried about this person introducing this drug to the Beatles. And then they, you know, they take a couple of hits off it. They're not really exactly sure. And then they just start laughing like idiots with Bob Dylan. And apparently the thing that got them really going was Bob Dylan picking up the phone constantly and being like, oh, we got some Beatles up here. They're acting like wildy Ones or whatever. Just like, saying some dumb shit about them being there and they were just cracking the fuck up. Like, it wow. is it is astonishing and weird and ridiculous. But yeah, I really feel like the LSD experiments, like, I, I don't, can't place when they started. I do know that, you know, clearly clearly, Revolver was the start of something there. I believe that was mm-hmm. post-India, right? Am I not? No. Or was that Sgt. Pepper? I um, think it was, like, wasn't so... White
3: Album post-India? I think so, because then which... that's when they started doing Sex City, which is when they were trying to get Mia Farah's yeah. sister to come out. They went... They, um,
0: they were in India as Magical Mystery Tour was being
3: released. But uh, Norwegian Wood is where George Harrison started experimenting with sitar, mm-hmm. which is not necessarily the same thing as like going on the retreat or whatever. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I have a very close personal relationship with Rubber Soul. The love songs on that got me through a really bad heartbreak when Aww. I was 14, 15 years old. Um, what was your name, Michelle? No, was her name Girl? No, her (laughs) name was Wait. But and I had less of a close relationship with Revolver, but I think that it's basically a flawless album. But I don't know. I I always think that Abbey Road is like a perfect album, so it it should be number one and number two for me.
0: That's the thing about Revolver for me is that it is very good, but it's not. it, It will never be my favorite. Like I'm, I'm not. It is
1: my favorite. I'm telling you. I'm
0: right not. Th- I'm not thinking of. Oh, I want to put on the Beatles and I immediately go to Revolver. Right. Like I do with, with Abbey Road or Rubber Soul or a bunch of the albums we've already buried.
1: Bill, host of Bill's Beatles Mania on WVKC. <laughs> Archived episodes available at wcbkc. Are they really? Are no, they really? I've, I don't I've, think, no, I don't no think they are. Clue. I would be if, they, I don't if, think if they some are. of the episodes that I did of my fucking show, Electric Slinky, I would be really fucking worried because I yeah. said, "Of
0: we, course, your show was called Electric." Slinky. We also, right.
1: one time, me and the host Eileen we uh, improvised a song on air about uh, her love affair with Donald Rumsfeld, and it was pretty goddamn funny. I do have that recording because that was amazing. Wow. But, uh, that's all I'm saying. It was topical at the time for two thousand six seven. Yeah. Anywho, Bill.
2: So. I'll give I'll give it away since Terrence since Terrence gave away yeah, he, he, his, his he, he, top three we, we top can three. give it we can give it away if if it were just if it were just me doing this it would be Rubber Soul, Revolver, and Abbey Road. Um, I don't think I I don't think it's going to end up that way um, <laughs> for the purposes of of this podcast I think it should but again. I'm willing to be outvoted. It okay. happens. So here, um, here's,
1: the, here's the thing I think we have a very leave <laughs> And again, we're talking about three albums that for a lot of people for all intents and purposes would define as perfect in their own yeah. ways. Like, this is the Beatles we're talking about. Right. this is. They're considered one of the greatest bands of all time because guess what? They're one See, of the greatest really bands of all time. Yeah. So that being said, I think we do have a consensus vote that Rubber Soul should be number one. I think we can all be a little bit maybe iffy about two or three maybe, kind of, sort of.
2: I'm. I mean, I'm always willing to listen. So I
1: know exactly. Like we could. Like what's it... what's your standalone top three? My standalone top yeah. three at this point would be Revolver, Rubber Soul, Abbey Road. Okay. That's that's my. Like you, you look at this like you're questioning. Like you don't know me at all, but you know not, that. No, no, no.
0: That's that.
1: That's fine. Yeah. So that being said, I think we might be able to call it just because of the way the consensus works. We have four people. And that being said, with four people here, I thought there was going to be a lot more locking of horns than there was. And there was some, but there like we we made our way around rounds. it because guys, we're talking about the fucking Beatles. If I did this, I'm just going to show the screen here. <laughs> if For I the record,
3: this, Evan is pasting the word "revolver" in number three, Abbey Road in number two, and Rubber Soul in number one.
2: Yeah. Did we... Bill's I'm shaking his head. No, in. I'm I am okay with it.
1: Guys. I can live with it. Guys, listen, this is one of the things. This is a consensus that we released by people that have this very is... strong, yeah. very pointed, very incredible opinions. Oh my god. <laughs> and I just want to say, we did the... I honestly Shit, didn't think we were going to be able to... I Shit. think we did the impossible. We ranked... The Beatles. Starting at number seven for part two, Let It Be. Number six, Magical Mystery Tour. Number five, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Number Bill's really happy um, about that yeah. not being number one. I can't even begin to tell you. It wasn't going to be number one. Let's be real. Number four, The White Album. Number three, Revolver. Number two, Abbey Road. Number one, Rubber
2: Soul. Bill, you didn't really talk about Revolver a lot. No, I didn't. Um, Revolver is one of those albums that comes up Lot, when people are talking about like the best Beatles albums, the one I most constantly hear is *Revolver*. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a wonderful album, but I think ru- I think why I put *Rubber Soul*. There, there have been days when I've gone the other back way. Forth, right, yeah. Back and forth, When I've gone back and forth, more often I will rank I will rank *Rubber Soul* number one and *Revolver* at number two. But I have I have had moments where where the two have you know kind of switched places in my head. Um, the reason I keep going back, I keep putting "Revolver" or "Rubber Soul." I mean, you know, a step ahead of of "Revolver" is because I think "Rubber Soul" is. You know, we talked we talked about before how this how it sort of bridges this gap between the two you know between two eras of the Beatles. You mm-hmm. know, the, the early Beatles. Yeah, the it, yeah essentially, yeah. and I think because of that, it's the best example of the Beatles in a kind of defining a moment in time you know that was who the Beatles were in 1965 you know late 1965 when Mm -hmm. it was when it was released and they're on this precipice between like you know the I want to hold your hand Beatles you know from, from the early 60s and you know the kind of psychedelic you know going into the psychedelia of mm-hmm. you know your Sgt. Pepper's and Magical Mystery Tours and and Revolvers they're right there and you can you can feel that change i think mm-hmm. you can feel them making that transition mm-hmm. and it just it's it's the best example of like everything that the Beatles were and everything that they became all in one album
1: interesting and
2: i think and i think that makes it I mean, it's not a perfect album, but I think it makes it as close to perfect as it can be.
1: I have over there on my uh, bookshelf, I have the VH1s ranking of the 100 albums of all time, which is, by the way, a really fucking weird ranking. They have so many <laughs> Rita Franklin al- albums on there. They have, like, four, and I'm like, listen... <laughs> weird. I know, I'm just that like, listen, there was some heavy bias in here, but heavy bias. But they list uh, Revolver at number one, and part of the reason they say is that if all of pop music collapsed and died in one single moment and you had to pick an album to plant in the ground, to have it grow pop music grow up to the way it is right now. They said revolver would be the one to do it with. No, just because no. Yes, because I think that texturally in terms of what it did in terms of the expansiveness, it it did so much more beyond just the simple pop rock four four template in that realm that it just was kind of the basis for so much.
0: But it doesn't quite have the songwriting chops. I mean, which is why I'm happy that it went at number three. That feels exactly correct to me. Yeah, because it, it still beat it, out it, a shit ton it, of other it things. It beat out a shit ton of other things because Fuck you, it White is Apple. it is so, it is so um, forward thinking and it's it's one of the most creative things they did while still staying in an accessible realm. Yeah. But I think that
1: yeah, Rubber Soul just did that better. But that being said, guys. We ranked every Beatles album from worst to best, but we're not fucking done. I'm telling you that right now. We still have other things we need to talk about, including, and I mean this, the worst Beatles song and the debate (laughs) over whether or not Ringo is, in fact, a good drummer. I'm really curious about this, and so many other stories and things. That is something that we contain over in our happy hour mini-show, which is coming over in just a bit. In the meantime, though, doing this herculean task, Bobby Evers, Bill Mayroff, Taryn O'Reilly, thank you so much for being here and accomplishing what I didn't think could even be done. This is like at this point we can do anything. We can like rank, you know, Led Zeppelin albums or you know, rename my penis Zeus or something like that. We could do so what? many different things that other people wouldn't even think is humanly possible, yet we are going to be able to do them. I'm Why would so we bad. do that? <laughs> on a Music podcast. Uh, he usually does
0: so well. And then the, right at the end, he's trying to wrap up and he just says something. So listen,
1: guys, like, uh, like so listen, we'll see you in the happy hour mini. So, it's, so all I could say is that as we say goodbye, we'll We'll say hello on that one. There, post your goddamn list on Facebook. I know you disagree in some way or another. I really want to see it. Yeah,
0: every. I'm sure everyone's like list every. Like every person, please. exactly.
1: But I would like to see it. Are you on Team Bobby, Team Bill, or Team Evan, or Team Darren? I'm curious. Team Terry. Team Taryn. Taryn is voting for Team Taryn. We'll find out more in the meantime. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We'll catch you on the other side. Go. Bye, guys. Bye.